It's been a great honour, really, to have been allowed to have the role for 41 years as the official start for the greatest championship in the world. Well, there's been so many memorable moments, really, when you meet the greats, Jack Nicholas, Gary Blair, Tom Watson. On the tee, Tom Watson. On the tee, Arnold Palmer. On the tee, Nick Fowler. Ben Crenshaw. Phil Mickelson. Tiger Woods. Yeah, we've got some nice memories. Ivor has acted as starter at the Open every year since 1975. This will be his 41st and final Open in an official capacity. And I'm sure you will join me in recognizing his immense contribution to the championship. On the tee from Ireland, Paul Dunn. <laughs> Paul Dunn. There's Ivor, well, shaking hands. He's been around for a long time. Peter Dawson, the governor, just a quick goodbye. Ivor, you've done a wonderful job. You've made friends all around the world. Now you can pop back to your beloved Moffat. By the time you reopen that hotel, which is the best hostelry in town. We wish you well, old friend. Amazing, man. He treated everybody the same, from Jack Nicklaus to the lowly qualifier. Michael Robson. Ivor Robson, who died this week, aged 83. Right, the show does go on again this week for Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. And to do it all and to chat about everything is, as always, is Big Bro. Hello, how you doing, brother? You good? Hiya, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Bit of sad news there about Ivor. Legend. Legend the voice announcer. of golf. And, you know, in that clip, we heard Peter Alice as well, another legend that's gone. Um, yeah, it's yeah, very sad. But like we said, the show goes on and we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, last week's Open to Spania, the Shriners. We've got a guest and we have a nice clip sent in from a well-known golfer and friend of the pod. We'll talk about Liv Jeddah. We've got everything to talk about Liv and Odithea Masters preview, Zozo Japan, and obviously live miami with a team event we'll get a winner right so to do it all let's get into last week bro um the open de spania a club de campo villa de madrid in madrid spain matteo pavon got the job done wins by four oh gutted absolutely gutted do you know what pavon's one of those players isn't he that you know, you know he's going to throw one in every now and again and stuff. And and he was he was on fire last week. He really was absolutely superb. It was a four shot win over my pick, Xander Lombard. Would you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I got fifty five to one on him without John Rahm, but he lost by four. So I don't know why I'm smiling so much. But yeah, it was um, it was one of those tournaments where in the final round there was just no drama. No drama whatsoever. Pavon was just steaming ahead. You know, had a front nine thirty-two and just coasted on that back nine to that win, seven under final round, as well as Lombard did as well, seven under. You know, but a lot of red numbers all over the board. A lot of birdies, very few bogeys, and that made for not a very close tournament at the top. First win for the Frenchman, and you know, you look at. You could have easily, well, not easily picked it, but you could have easily had a, a dabble at him after his finish in the Donnell Links last week, a tied six. Obviously, it was only a 54-hole event. But it didn't really show anything leading up to that. Only played <sighs> in the PGA, in the BMW and the Kazoo Open, and both missed cuts. But yeah, that performance last week at the Dunhill Links stood him in good stead, confidence going forward, and he got the job done. First win on tour. Well done, Mattia. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and you know a few good names up there making rises up in that you know race to Dubai uh, as it is. Um, but interesting though is you know you look at the world rankings again. You know, not one player inside those top ten players inside the top one hundred in the world rankings. In fact, 
Um, Pavon, 115th world rankings now, highest rated player. Nathan Kimsey, 128th. So, yeah, these DP World Tour, apart from Johnny Rahm, who was there last week, obviously supporting his home open. Um, not great fields, are they, unfortunately? And that's what we've got at the moment on DP World Tour. Yeah, not a, a little bit better this week. Um, a few nice additions um, to the tournament in Spain. But a shout out to Marcel Seam, um, who has oh. now risen up to 18th in the race to Dubai. And I think it's 18th. And he went up seven places last week. But more importantly, getting ever closer to a PGA Tour card. I think he's in the 11th spot is he really players that are not exempt so another good couple of finishes two events to go i believe um two events to go and then it's all done and dusted who will get those cards i'm really i'd be i'd be really disappointed if we saw the end of marcel seam on the european tour you know i love the guy i've spoken a lot about him this season obviously leading up to Ryder cup um finishing 61 on Sunday and it's just unbelievable that guy when he gets on a heater he is burning his ass because he had a 71 on the Saturday and a 61 on the Sunday went straight up the leaderboard bish bash bosh he could go to the States but another good finish from Dan Bradbury and um, continuing that fantastic season Richard Mansell also playing well Nathan Kimsey another Englishman doing well as well yeah but you're dead right the the strength of field ratings is poor without john rahm uh, jesus god knows what it would have been last week but like i said um this week in the andalusia masters we do have a few bigger names up there and the strength of field rating isn't that far off what is happening over in zozo in the japan in yeah japan. interesting so, you, you mentioned seeing bro i just want to circle back on that did you see his um celebration to that eagle he shot at the par 4 15th in the final round did you see it, it no, was abs- I didn't. Oh, absolutely amazing it's like he won the lottery five times over it was just an absolutely brilliant celebration. Well, he was on for a 59 at one point, wasn't he? But then you tweeted something. There was fucking no chance of it ever <laughs> happened after that. Uh, the old jinx. <laughs> the I'm surprised he didn't fall over and break his ankle or something after you tweeted that. But yeah, I love it when they put, I think it's a DP World Tour site, said a chip in for an eagle. He yeah. was 60 yards away. That's, that's for you. What's that? Six iron. But yeah, yeah, there was, yeah there was no ch- <laughs> That's no chip. Anyway, that was the Open de España, um, Club de Campo. I enjoyed it, actually. enjoyed watching it. Although on the first day, we didn't really get to see any of John Rahm's round because the coverage, for whatever reason, didn't start till one o'clock in the afternoon. You could watch a rerun of um, Miami Vice or something like that if you wanted to on Sky Sports Golf. You may as well have done because it was there was stuff they were putting on was pointless when you've got an amazing tournament there. The cameras are there. Show us some bloody golf. Yeah, split it. Maybe some from the morning, some from the afternoon. But obviously, that's their that's their production line, and that's what they're doing. So, well, yeah. they used to have it, didn't they? They used to have some in the after, some in the morning, some in the afternoon. That's I don't know. Anyway, that's um, that's just my little bugbear there. Right, let's get on to the PGA Tour then, um, bro. We got we had the Shriners all happening, and as you were discussing, um, Tom Kim won um, again, backed it up. Fantastic. What a talent. 21 years of age. Yeah, he, he is an absolute talent for sure. Thomas, the tank engine, rolled into the station. <laughs> Back-to-back wins <laughs> at TPC Summerlin. The Shriners, a third round 62, really put him into a great position. But spare a thought for me, or maybe not spare a thought for me, Adam Hadwin. I had him. 33 to 1 without Tom Kim and Ludwig Oberg. So I, I got the win. I got the win. But you, had, terms... you had the win. Had I had win. win. Yes, exactly. But Adam he threw that tournament away with a bogey at, you know, an easy par 5 16th at Summerlin. He put his second shot into the water and he made bogey. And that was the difference, really, in terms of either getting into a playoff or the win. So, yeah, a little bit disappointing for the Canadian. But, you know, he he was showing some signs of form for sure. Uh, Again, can't go without a mention for Ludwig. 
you know, he is really rising up the ranks again, you know, a phenomenal closing round, 62, tied 13th position, you know, now puts him into 96th in that FedEx Cup fall status. So he is continuing that form and I think he's going to carry on playing. He's not playing in Japan this week, but I would imagine he's certainly going to be back over there for the last two events and trying to make that rise and, and get maybe a win on the PGA Tour. Who knows? He's shown some right, form. Stat, stat man, before I want to hear, I want to hear about the fall, um, how it's going, how these events are going and, and what standings are, etc. But when we had Joy Chakravarti on um, a few weeks ago, we were talking about Asian golf, Indian golf and what have you, and how it's a great stepping stone and it's really strengthening week after week, ladies as well as men's tournaments. But you look at Tom Kim, it's only four years ago that he was winning the Panasonic Open um, India. He was winning the Raya Pakistan Open, the Saputra Golfpreneur Tournaments. You know, this guy started at that level. So the, the lads that are coming through on the Indian Tour, Asian Tour, etc., it just shows you where you can get with pure raw talent that is out there. We have no idea what talent is out there. Ludwig Arberg came from absolutely nowhere, really. Only the mm. inner circles and the Twitter accounts that pretend to know everything knew that Ludwig Arberg was going to be an absolute uh, champion. And he's looking like he could potentially go that way. Obviously, things happen in golf and injuries. Look at Will Zalatoris, for God's sake, who, I might add, is close to coming to a return, which is great to oh, see I hope he is. For, he's good. For, for, for Will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's great to see Tom Kim. What an absolute skyrocket of a career this guy's had. No, he is. He absolutely is. Uh, and you just mentioned, obviously, about the stats and stuff. So let's just go back to the latest positions in terms of this FedEx uh, fall series, essentially, and, and what's on offer. And we've talked on previous podcasts about what is on offer. So those top 10 Positions in the fall from 51 to 60th in the FedEx rankings are going to get those places in those monumental events at Pebble and Riviera next year in the 2024. But Bo Hostler, with a really good tournament last week, has risen. He's now in 51st position. That's a six-place rise, so he's still inside that. And winners and losers last week, well, Luke List moves into those 10 players, as does Sam Ryder. So just outside, originally coming into last week, and then now inside those top 10 positions, the losers, Mark Hubbard and SH Kim, they're the ones that have fallen out. So certainly going to see a lot of these players moving into some of these events it, coming towards the end of this fall series for sure. And maybe, who knows, will we see Justin Thomas again? Or is he just going to give up? I'm trying to get into these big events because his mate Tiger Woods is bailing him out in everything. Absolutely everything. Do you see he got an invitation into the uh into Tiger's tournaments? You know, the, the world invitation. Oh god. Crazy. Yeah, well, it? there's still one spot left, isn't there? And it hasn't been announced. Now are we expecting that to be Tiger? Yeah. Um, of is he gonna are. be announced? Or are they leaving that open for you, mate? Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. Six irons, 60 yards, maybe doesn't work, does it? But um, especially <laughs> no. not in that wind. But no, it, I'll it's tell you who I'll tell you who can. I'll tell you who can hit a six iron a bit better than that. Is a man called Richard Bland. And him and his team, Cleeks, have done some fantastic stuff this year. Blandy's had a great, a great season and he secured his spot on live next year but he took his time out getting ready for Miami to send us a little note let's hear what Richard had to say Hi guys uh, Blandy here uh, I just want to say a big thank you to you guys for all your support this year um, looking forward to it again next year on live um, yeah really pleased with my uh, last couple of months of form to get myself in the lock zone for top 24 next year so really excited about that um, yeah you know to do that against you know some of the best players in the world uh, you know is really uh, satisfying and something that I'm very proud of um, here in Miami for the team championships this week um, obviously the cliques coming off a great week last week in third so yeah you know we, we, we've trended in the right direction at the right time and you know I think uh, 
you know, I think we're going to give whoever we uh, we play, we're going to give them a good game, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can make it into the uh, you know the final match on, on Sunday morning. Uh, we just missed out last year against the Aces, so yeah, I really fancy our chances. So we're looking forward to it. Um, again, thanks guys for the support, and hopefully look forward to coming on the show soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye. Hey, that was nice, wasn't it? That was a lovely touch. That. Thank you very much, Mr. Richard Bland, and the best of luck this week in Miami. Yeah, well, we're going to get on to Miami a little bit later on and talk about the team events. But yeah, securing his place. Uh, when we talked about him, you know, having a go and winning a bit of money, would he have even thought? Of, I know he's got confidence in his ability, but would he have thought of even securing his spot and ready to go and win so many dollars again? next season securing his future an absolute monumental move and proved to be the right one for no, Blandy absolutely there was a little bit I liked in last week's coverage where they were interviewing Richard and you know didn't kind of realize this but his brother has been suffering cancer all year um, which is obviously you know a, a real tough strain on anybody uh, as well as you know the fact that he's in his 50s and he's battling against these young guns and really doing himself proud doing him and his family proud and you look at what he's done in those last five tournaments you know what not one of those five tournaments outside the top 15 absolutely unbelievable three of the five inside the top 10 so what a end to the season to secure uh, the lock zone place that he achieved 20th place so secures his live future in 2024 which is uh, great for him absolutely brilliant well keeping the whole live thing going let's talk about last week live Jenna, yeah because um great balls of fire the fireballs were victorious 34 under from the range goats and like we were just talking about the cliques Finished in third place last week with a monumental final round from Weisberger, friend of the pod, helping his team out. I enjoyed it last week. There were there was all those predictable comments coming on about oh, there's nobody watching it. Nobody blah, watching. Blah, blah. Nobody watching it. It's no crowds. Listen, it, it was great to watch, and there was a lot going on. Obviously, you had the individual tournament that was happening, and we saw Taylor Gooch take home the 18 million prize fund for finishing top of the leaderboard for the season. Poor old Bryson got edged out into fourth position. Brooks yeah. finishing third. Um, and just see that interview with Brooks as <laughs> it shows you these guys have got so much money. Is that he didn't even realize that finishing third in the overall stand, he got an extra four million quid as well as, <laughs> as winning the tournament. He goes, Oh, really? Oh, thanks for letting me know that. Happy days. Four million pounds. Perhaps he should give it to his brother who's been relegated. Yeah, it's just it's in, insignificant to them, isn't it? When they're at this level, it's not just about you know that obviously the massive signing on contract fee of being the captain of Smash as he is, you know, obviously he's a new dad, and there's a lot going right for Miss, Mr. Kepka. Um, Brooks in this world right now. However, he still continues to do himself a disservice with some of the things that he says. And yes, we have had some post exchanges on X. I'm going to call it X, not Twitter anymore. Um, you know, which really kind of show the difference of opinion and the divide on opposite sides of the pond around some of these comments that are being made. And we don't need to get into a great level of detail about it, but it's a little bit unsavory to some extent. Um, and he just doesn't do himself any favours. You know, be, be a great golfer, and but just stop being the way that you're being because it, it just oh, no, isn't but helpful. He's, he's saying the way he feels, you know, apparently. And, and, yeah. and that that's what really annoys me. And we were talking, it was only last week we were talking about mental health. Yes. Right? And we, it was... <laughs> How can you even start congratulating someone and agreeing with the way that someone's behaving when it's having a direct impact on someone's health? Matty Wolf has come out, you know, not just from last week's comments, but times gone by from Brooks saying that, you know, it's hurtful. You know, he's a teammate. He's a peer. He's, he's playing golf. He's, he's trying to do his best. And sometimes it just doesn't go your way. You know, and you just don't need a teammate of all people coming out and saying that stuff, it's okay to think it. It's okay to think it. But to turn around and say there's only three players on, on this team. Have when we you've seen got it? the likes yeah. of 
Have we seen it from any other team? We haven't, have we? No, absolutely not. And it's, you know, three people on your team. You've got Chase Kepka, for God's sake, your own brother. I mean, call him out for his bad play if he's saying exactly how he feels. But he, but he's not. He's being Brooks and everyone says, well, that's great. We want him to be... Cause, because they want this edge, right? I think some people want this sort of match mentality where they, you know, a bit of, oh, yeah, Kick him in, uh, kick him while he's down. That's a bad shot. Oh, you are so. That's a terrible shot. Listen, live can be in its place. Live can be golf, but louder. But it's still golf, right? So we still need to have that level of decorum, level of etiquette. We don't want, you know, we saw a fight between English fans in the rugby game uh, the other day. I mean. It's eking into all sports. And if it starts to eke into golf, where are we as a group of people? It's even and in bowls. I think, it's unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> it's it. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 massive in bowls. It's huge. You wouldn't you would expect it. 84-year-old oh, Jim over in the corner. He's fighting 79-year-old Stan. It's like, and then, yeah, oh, it's just, yeah, crazy. Chucking, chucking his teeth at him. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we are just, and I don't think the rhetoric of the likes of Brooks Kepka is helping. We can have that little bit of banter, but when you're being hurtful and getting into someone's head, which has happened, as Matty Wolf has admitted to, then that's not helpful. Let's forget that Matty Wolf really um, contributed to his team. He's only one or two points, whatever it is, behind Jason Cockrack, who Brooks praised. Um, who he's yeah. very close to now, but a mile ahead of his brother, Chase Kepka. So ridiculous comments. And I don't care whether people are saying it's it's how he feels. It's great that he's speaking his mind. I think sometimes you just need to be a bit more grown up and realise what you're actually doing and how you can damage another golfer. Right. Let's, um, let's end that there. Let's get back to the golf, obviously. Slightly worrying for Ripper GC bro going into the team event um cam smith seems to be a little bit out of sorts matty jones a little bit out of sorts uh jediah morgan very much out of sorts and mark leishman not playing too well either which saw ripper gc all the way down last week in last but one even the ironhead beat him Unbelievable, that isn't it? It's yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how the rip, you know, the Ripper GC team have fallen away, and Cam's got to do something to kind of pull them back. And he, he's certainly the last two tournaments, he's not done himself any favors with 40th place in Chicago and 25th in, in Jeddah, so definitely not playing his best stuff at the moment. However, did finish second in the outright uh, individual prize. So, you know, certainly with two wins and a second this year, um, notably that, that kind of gets you up. It's interesting, but, you know, those top five players, all top quality golfers, if they were playing PGA Tour events, they'd be competing week in, week out. I'm pretty sure of that. But I just did, you know, I like my stats and my numbers and I did a little piece myself bro in terms of obviously you've got your positional play as the points are scored on live and i just did a couple of different angles i did an average place so you know players finish in certain places so i did my own point scoring system and there's just a few outliers from the main sort of uh, positional places on live and i just wanted to call them out brooks kepka finished third overall in the individual yet on the average rank based on his place positions over the 13 tournaments he's played this year, he was 11th. He was ranked 11th in that. So yes, he's won twice and he's finished third twice and he's been in the top 10 another time. But outside of that, he's also had some really, really bad finishes. So, you know, average places, I looked at that. Um, There was another couple of call outs in terms, you know, uh, Brandon Grace, you know, ninth in the overall individuals, but in terms of the average ranking, he was 20th. He's had some really bad plays this year, Brandon Grace, for the Stingers. And then I did, as I say, I did my own point scoring system, and there was a few players that were a lot lower down than what they were in Liv's point scoring system. Patrick Reed, for example, again, he's another one who's had some really bad finishes outside the top 35 this year. He finished sixth individually, 
who finished 12th in my point scoring system and Sebastian Munoz finished 11th, finished 19th in mine. So just interesting when you look at that, and mine was based on a number of points per win, second, third, and then fourth to 10th, you got a number of points. So I I just like looking at things from a different angle because it isn't always about the money, right? And that's obviously largely about, you know, what secured people their places this year. So well, anyway. a shout out to Harold Barner the third, who um, who finished third last week. Do you know what he's been? He's been great this year. I think he's a great um, a great part of live, and the fact that he's a prime example of someone that can say how they feel, mm. but do it with class. I think Brooks could learn a lot from Harold Varner the third, um, and what he, what he does. And you going back to Brooks. Uh, but he either sometimes we know what he's like, don't we? He turns up or he doesn't. So if his head's not in the game or he doesn't fancy it that sweet, then he just won't really perform. We know he's always been that player. We talked about it when he was the player that was turn up for majors, etc. He's just that's just the way he is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Certainly right. Is. Um, we're going to talk a bit more about live later. Obviously, the team elements um, for Miami. Um, four races, top of the ultra consistent apart from Greenbrier they've been solid as a rock um, yeah we'll talk more more about that as we go on in the podcast but we do have a guest on this week so let's get him in we've had him on before he's pretty hot on social media he was pretty hot in Spain when he went to live Valderrama with no shorts um, he's also <laughs> we also caught up with him at St. Jorian it is Flushing it, flushing it, golf flush. How are you, mate? Yeah, great. Thanks, lads. How about yourselves? Oh, yeah, really good. I think oh, we're all right. This year yes. has been absolutely mental, hasn't it? I think we can all agree that absolutely crazy. Live. I mean, the last yeah. time we spoke was before the Masters, so so much has happened since then. Yeah, and then obviously, I mean, caught up at Centurion, and that that was a you know that, that was my first live event, um, and I you know I was pretty impressed by it. But as a golf tournament, I really enjoyed it. I know there's not a lot of people out there that really kind of you know are wanting to comment good things about live, and like we all three, we all love our golf. Doesn't matter what tour it is, and that's yeah. the main important thing. But yeah, 23 seasons been absolutely mental. Um, Jeddah finished last week. And we saw the the winner in Taylor Gooch, and I mean, obviously he's had he's had a great season. But in terms of the season itself, I mean, what, have you got any special sort of call outs, Flush? I just really Victor Hovland's just been remarkable. He's had a breakthrough season. He's kind of due a major now, isn't he? He's an absolute superstar. Oh, Hovland, yeah, he's immense, and he was immense at the Ryder Cup. We loved yeah. him, absolutely loved him. Well, but he's yeah, coming to Victor live, Hovland. <laughs> is <he? Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> imagine imagine we'll see just imagine right. hey that. come on we were just talking let's talk we were talking off air a minute ago you were talking about um tgl and you did mention tgl and someone that's not on the list yet yeah i mean we, obviously there's a lot of marquee signers over there but the, the one that stands out that hasn't hasn't signed is victor hovland and you have to assume that everyone who's who has signed for the TGL will not be going to live because it's part, you know, it's it's partnered partnered with the PGIJ Tour and Tiger Woods and Rory obviously been so vocal against Live. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything in it, but the the fact that Victor <laughs> hasn't signed for the TGL is is quite interesting because he's probably the best player in the world right now. Let's start a rumor. Forget it, right? We need Norwegian wood. <laughs> We've got Greg Norman's wood. Let's have Norwegian wood on live. That's it. That's, we're starting a rumor now. You heard it here first. <laughs> Victor Hovland's Victor Hovland's traveling the world on a sightseeing tour at the moment. If you follow his Instagram, he's very very active. He was I can't remember who he was today. Looking at some ruins, like some ancient ruins somewhere. He uh, seems to enjoy that kind has of he got thing. A bird, the yeah, ancient ruins of the PGA Tour. So. Yeah, <laughs> he, has, he, he hasn't got a lady yet. He's just he's just going to keep on hugging the Ryder Cup um, wives and girlfriends. That was that was great. But the way that Lathabelle put his arm around him and sort of looked after him, he's he's so loved, isn't he, Victor Hovland, amongst all his peers? It's it's just great to see. And like you said, a breakthrough year. Yeah, exactly. He's everyone seems to love him. Every, all the fans love him. He's he's what golf needs, really, because he's he's a breath of fresh air, isn't he? He's always smiling. It's when you look at him, you can't help but be happy. I love no, that. Exactly. I've got, yeah, I've got a picture European. up on my wall. Yes. Yeah. He's he is. European, not those Americans. Come on. 
Yes. <laughs> hey, right. Let's get it back to live, right? Because obviously we know you from your socials as someone. I'm very jealous of this interviewing Bryson DeChambeau. I don't, you know, I literally, I, I, it's a good job you're not on. I couldn't look at you. I couldn't look at you afterwards. I was so in, I was so jealous. And he's an amazing, he's had a great season as well, by the way. But yeah, you spoke to Bryson. You've spoken to Blandy. Obviously, we spoke to Blandy a few times as well. But how do you feel the second year of Live? How do you feel it's progressed? Um, has there been as much movement forward as you would have hoped for when you've been following Live? And where can you see it going? Are we looking at massive steps forward next year? We've obviously got the schedule already, but with the promotion events that's all out there, potential of that, and obviously potential of other players signing, what do you know about it and how have you felt that it's gone? To be honest, I don't know a lot about what's going on next year at all. I'd, I've got no details about this. I, I only know rumours about the schedule, which I've heard from uh, not very official sources. Uh, I, I don't know anything about players. I, I really don't. It's, they've they've kind of shut down with with any communication. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the the merger that's going on. They can't have leaks. But um, yeah, there's nothing really coming out. Uh, I guess this season, if you look at that as a review, I think it's been quite successful on the golf course. I think that there's been some standout performances. Obviously, Taylor Gooch has played fantastic. Bryson, yeah, yeah. yeah Bryson's flipping his form. Um, Brooks coming back to form and winning a major. You can only say it's been a success on the golf course, but off it has it probably not. They've they've still got no closer to getting into the ecosystem. Their, their players are still banned from the PJ Tour. They've got no access to majors. They've got no access to world ranking points. All of that is is not good, and you can only say it's a bit of a failure because they were obviously telling their players when they joined that they would get access to all that stuff, and they're two years in now and they haven't. So. Uh, mm. that, that can't be seen as a good thing. But on the golf course wise, I've, yeah, I think they, they had a pretty successful season. I think it's no, I mean, you know, you look at the names at the top Gooch, Smith, Kepka, DeChambeau, Johnson, you know, they were the top five players, you know, and they were top standout players coming from the PGA Tour. So you would expect them to be at the top of the live tree for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I absolutely agree with what you say there. It's, you know, there probably has been failings in terms of the drive forwards and the things that they needed to secure obviously the whole official world golf rankings debacle and everything that's going on right now is really not a good place to be and I actually listened I think there was a six minute clip of David Faherty and Jerry Foltz talking about the OWGR concerns in their in their Jeddah coverage you know and, and that was quite an interesting sort of five or six minutes of, of debate around that because you know, obviously, that they have got to move it forwards. Everybody knows it has an impact on sponsors. You know, every, mm. it's wide, wide ramifications. So I'm hoping, you know, as a tour, they can kind of sort that out. But yeah, some standout performances for sure. And great to see. I mean, what, what a season has Blandy had? You know, oh, yes, 20th. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> Really, you know, kind of socketed it to these youngsters, as he was saying as well. You know, twentieth position he finished, absolutely brilliant performance. And Dean Burmester, of course, another friend of the pod. You know, he finished fourteenth, so they both had really, really good seasons. Yeah, um, really, really good to see. But may- maybe um, the whole thing about twenty-four and schedule. Yes, we know what the schedule is, but there's been this big topic that's come out in the last forty-eight hours around this. Live Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi Golf Club promotional events in December. Well, we haven't seen much communication, have we, from Live around this? It seems to be speculation and and I, I guess from what we're seeing. But I did want to have a chat with you about the criteria around this, Tom. You know, it's kind of it's very interesting, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, they haven't, Liv haven't actually confirmed any of these details. No, so they haven't, no. They're just coming from, I think that the, the original leak from the date that, that went to uh, Jay from um, Pro Golf Critic on Twitter came from one of the agent tour players who'd been sent some communication. Uh, but that wasn't official from Liv. They haven't given a press release or anything. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the criteria is certainly interesting. Like they, they, they've said, well, all their players are saying that the OWGR is uh, is like defunct, but then they're using it as a qualifying criteria for this, which did make <laughs> yeah. me laugh. It's kind yeah, of ironic, absolutely. Yeah, but um, I mean, if they they're saying there was like the exemptions are for PGA Tour winners, DP World Tour winners, major winners, and top two hundred in the World Golf Rankings, and I don't see many of those players doing it to be honest, because 
if you look at guys were offered multi-million dollar contracts last year and they turned him down, um, why would they mm. now go and pay to go to a qualify, qualifying series? I, I don't really see that happening. They should expand the bottom and just um, make it open to everybody, really. In my opinion. And again, for only three places, reportedly. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously we know there's four relegated places from current season and we know what those four players are and that's been kind of probably long known for quite some time you know is that they just were not performing um you know see Wang kim for example kepka um the brother of brooks Pyatt and morgan they're the four players going but if if this is true in terms of the criteria i mean it's entirely possible that they could get straight back in by securing one of those three places but i found yeah, there was one aspect of that, like you've just said, the DP World Tour, PGA Tour, 23 winners. I just can't see many of those wanting to go in this. No, exactly. Uh, it's it's probably quite likely they might end up with a bunch of, like you say, the relegated players um, from Live, and then some, some of the Asian Tour guys that were on the International Series and maybe a couple of amateurs and, and some lower-ranked DP World Tour guys that didn't get their cards. That might kind of be it, really, and that's that's not really a success. But yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, again, if it's true, you know, things like the U.S. Amateur Champion, British Amateur. I mean, you know, there's five five categories of Amateur Champion there. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I struggle to kind of get to grips with this whole kind of round one entrance and if it's right, but. Uh, I don't know. It, we could be led down a garden path or whatever. Why, you know, why well, you know that. So, just Sorry, quickly, what, why would the US amateur or British amateur champion join Live now when they'd yeah. have to turn pro and they're going to miss out on the Masters then? They're not going to do yeah. it. No way. No, no it, I mean, would, it wouldn't make any sense, out. would it? But Andy, no. Andy Ogletree's already qualified. So out of those four spots going, going forward for next year, so there's three remaining. You can't see the form of Chips, uh, Chase Kepka, Siwan Kim. You can't see them qualifying. Um, it, it's really odd. So, Brooke Kepka's rhetoric really annoys me, right? He's, he's really been... Everyone, there's, there's some accounts on social media that turn around and say, oh, it's great that he's saying how he really feels and blah, blah. Completely ignoring the issues that Matty Wolf has, has had over the years. And and Matty Wolf actually wasn't far off um, Cockrack's um, points and helping out the team go forward. So... I don't know how Brooks is going to manage without his brother. Because you know, for me, that looks like it's a bit of a, a kick in the teeth for him, really. Can he do something about it? Is the way that he can change it by demanding that Chase somehow gets another spot? I'm not sure. Um, but you look at how the 1 to 24 are safe, right, as we know. And then 25 to 44th in the spots are in this open zone, right? So we look at this open zone as a chance for transfers going on. Can you see any movements within teams from those lads that are 25th to 44? I can. You can see a bit of rejigging going on there. Obviously, Matt Wolf's going to have to leave Smash. There's no way he can stay. Uh, yeah, there's, sure. there's also, you mentioned about Brooks maybe trying to keep on chase. That There's no way that's going to happen. That would just be embarrassing. Like mm. That would just be a complete joke if they did that. It, yeah, I mean, that would just give, talk about giving fuel to the, to the haters <laughs> they're just going to jump all over that if that happened yeah um, there's plenty of them yeah but I've asked them and, and it's from what I mean the, the comms side don't say a lot at all but the players have said it's not going to be a draft because I thought the players from 25 to uh, I can't remember the number 45 44 would be drafted but they're not at all It's they're going to have to negotiate just directly with the, their captains to stay on and mm. so th- I think a lot of them will stay. Andy Ogletree said in his interview to me that um, that he didn't expect there to be much rotation of the players at all, that, that more people will stay on than you expect. So that's probably what you'll see is there'll be maybe a couple of players might come in. Um, if the rumours are true and they're going to South Korea next year for an event, then I would expect to see a couple of South Koreans come in. And if you look at now that Sung Jae-in has uh, qualified, he's not got his military service along with um, who's other lad. That did it. Sun Wu. Kim, yeah. They both uh, got exempt from doing the military stuff for South Korea because they won the Asian Games. It wouldn't be surprised if those two joined. And if they go into Hong Kong, there's a young lad called Tai Chi Ko who's a fantastic young player. He's only 21, I think. And he's been playing on the Asian Tours International Series. So it wouldn't surprise me if he also got a spot. They're the kind yeah, of players. It- 
No, absolutely. I, I think I, I'd echo that. I, I wouldn't expect to see major movements. I mean, you look at the Fireballs, obviously, just winning the team event as well. You know, they they seem to have a very strong unit amongst them, don't they? Obviously, led by Garcia. Yeah. So I'd be very surprised if there was any changes in that team. Um, but I, I think there has to be some, you know, that there have been some pretty woeful performances from a lot of players in that open zone over the course of the year. I mean, I did my own rankings, um, you know, my own point system rankings to run alongside theirs. And and there was a few notable differences, but yeah, a a lot of average golf, let's just say. So I I think that aspect has to be addressed for 24 to become more successful. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, Tom, um, Flush, where do we go from regarding the official world golf rankings right so it's come out and that they're not getting any they haven't met the criteria so they say it's all very technical it's it's not political that's the words coming out of the owgr but there has to be a case right look how lowly rated taylor gooch is and everyone can turn around and say well, it's performance in the majors last year that didn't help blah 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 but there has to be a way forward right so is it in your point of view in your mind, do you see the majors now coming out and saying, look, we have to have a different criteria for that if we want the best players, some of which are on live, playing in our tournaments? Does that have to change? Because I can't see the OWGR changing anytime soon if live show no movement. I think that it, that it should, but I don't think that it will. But it's kind of disappointing, really, with with this, because now you're in a bit of loggerheads where where the OWGR come out with their statement and then Liv came back with quite an aggressive statement back saying that, you know, they're disappointed and the OWGR is now kind of defunct. Well, someone's got to give somewhere. And who's it on? Like, if if you're running either organisation, you're, you're only devaluing your product by not getting along. And so they have to... They should have, I think, they should have intense negotiations to try and sort this out because it's just a complete joke. I'm but sure you think the hurdles. Just, yeah, I, well, I'm sure Graham, and Graham, just before you come back in, the, the antitrust stuff that's going on at the moment, as well as the potential private equity stuff going on, that's obviously, people are talking, obviously, behind the scenes, everything's going on, left, right and centre, but because of this private equity perhaps standing in the way, PGA Tour now see a way of how they can move forward. I think it's the same guy that was is involved, was involved UFC and WWF and um, I think Fenway Sports Group is sort of getting involved. And there could be a group of private equity, for, equity firms getting involved. I reckon that's what's, I don't know what your opinions are. I reckon that's what's holding it up because the PGA Tour see an option without PIF. You're saying about um, like Ari Emanuel from Endeavour and and all those guys. It's um, yeah. I mean, they're going back to now. I think that they they're getting sort of the PGL group back together because you've got Rain Capital are obviously involved with um Neville, who's now like advising the players on the PGA Tour. Uh, you could you could see this was the direction it was going to go when as soon as that happened, and I called it out a couple of months back. And now the option really for the Saudis is going to be: do they do the PIF want to be a minority investor, where say they have twenty percent stake in this new co, um, the PJ Tour Enterprises, or do they just completely shut down the deal and just go off and invest all their money back into Live? Because that's the two choices, and you kind of become. You know, what would you rather do? Would you rather have 20% of a company that has Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, uh, Justin Thomas all involved in? Or would you want to go completely alone and stick by Greg and Phil and Bryson and DJ? Because, I don't know, it's a, it's a tough call, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's a very, very tough call. Uh, and one we probably don't have the answer for right now, and that's a bigger discussion, I would say. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, Excellent. Listen, Tom, thank you for joining us. I think that's been a really insightful chat. It'd be great to catch up with you in the future as things pan out. But uh, hopefully you have a a rest of the evening. Lovely. And we'll catch up with you soon, mate. Thanks, lads. I'll speak to you soon. Hey, Flush, before you go, quickly, who wins the team event? Good question. Uh, Torque. Oh, okay. Ah, He's gone, Torque. I'm I'm Team Cleeks. They're going to surprise everyone. <laughs> Mate, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, Graham, what are you? Uh, I've gone with Torque and four aces. Torque, yeah, cool. It's, I just think those young lads, they've had such a good season and, and 
yeah, I just think that around Doral, I think they they all quite well suited to it. I think yeah, they're going to do well. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, mate, all right have good, a good night. Day. Have a great time, Tom. And we will catch up very soon once we hear more because we're going to come back and get your opinion again. Thanks, mate. Sam, cheers, lads. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Take. There we go. Flush. We're back on. It was great to have his opinions about um, Liv. Obviously, he went to Centurion like we did, and he was at Valderrama, um, where he forgot his shorts, and he was very hot because it was all a bit of a rush. But, yeah, great to have Flush back on. Yeah, no, great catch-up with him, and good, you know, as a kind of pulse check and see what's going on. And as he was saying, you know, there's not a lot of communication coming out of Liv at the moment for obvious reasons, I think. So it'd be good to stay in touch with him and sort of see see where it goes, you know, make it, you know, he's, he's not a live guy, but, you know, he's like us, like we said in that chat, we all, we like all forms of golf. So yeah, good to catch up with him. Really, really good. Let's keep that rumour going about Hovland though, yeah? Let's see how far we can get this. <laughs> Hovland to live, Hovland to live. Um, right, let's get, we talked about the promotion events um, earlier with Flush. So let's, I just want, from what we know, Right. From what we know, the qualifying events, which will be in December, um, Dubai, was it, bro? We said Abu Dhabi Golf Club. That used to be Abu Dhabi. To the HSBC. Yeah. yeah. Abu Dhabi do. Um, the qualifying event will be unlike any other live golf. Event. In fact, it'll be 72 holes is what is rumored rather than 54. The tournament is broken up into various cuts featuring players from different exemption categories. Round one. The top 20 players and ties will advance to the second round. The field will comprise of the number six to 32 in the international series rankings. Winners of prestigious amateur events, including the US and British amateur. We talked about flush before, but it's very unlikely any of them will come in. Asia Pacific amateur, European amateur, as well as golfers, <laughs> top 200 in the official world golf ranking and the top 20 of the world amateur golf ranking. Right. That's round one. Round two, a new wave of players will join the tournament in round two. The scores are reset for another 18 holes of stroke play with the top 20 from the first round who earned automatic exemptions into the second round. These include relegated players from the 23 live season, winners of PGA Tour or DP World Tour event, major champions since 2018, Ryder Cup and President's Cup players, and those who are ranked between number two and five on the international series standings. The top 16 players from this round will then progress through to the final two rounds of the promotions event, the showdown. The 16 players who advance to the final 36 holes will battle it out in a traditional stroke play format with reset scores. The leading three players will gain automatic promotion to the Live Golf League for the 2024 season with the fourth player promoted from the International Series Order of Merit, which we know is Andy Ogletree. Well, there you go. That's the promotions event. What do you think? If if that is how it turns out to be, what are your thoughts? Right. So my initial thought straight away is in that round two, right, how many – I honestly don't see it. How many players are they going to attract – from the DP World Tour and PGA Tour 2023 winners, also from major champions since 2018 that aren't already in the live structure, um, those two categories alone, forget Ryder Cup and President's Cup and everything because they fall into those as well. But I just, I don't see, and unless you're going to get an influx of players that are absolutely not happy with DP World Tour, PGA Tour, where it's going, and they're going to chance their arm and go, look, you know, I've got a chance to move away here, make some money, cover it to pay me fines if I ever want to go back, etc., etc. I just don't see how they're going to attract a lot. So that round two itself might only be 30, 40 players. It might only be that. I just don't They know. might have to invite people yeah it's going to be interesting i can't see dp world you know keith pelly is going to be slapping fines all over players if they're going to decide to go and likewise with jay monaghan because nothing's written in this agreement the merger blah blah you know framework i don't know it's it's really odd and i'm sure it'll change before we get to december but it's not far away and if it is going to be cemented um written in stone then that needs to happen pretty soon um but who knows? Behind the scenes, they might already have players lined up to come into this qualifying event. Time we will time. find out. Right. The other thing I did want to talk about is the whole antitrust and how this merger 
because it's come out and there's been leaked memos about we've talked about it with flush before about the private equity firms and, and, and what have you getting involved and joining up and trying to secure the funding for pga tour without them going to piff hence why the official world golf rankings is all still up in the air now the pga has begun the formal process to review outside investments separate from its negotiation with PIF. Um, as the US-based professional golf organization evaluates options to unify and commercialize the men's sport around the world. This is the comments coming out. Allen & Co., the PGA Tours investment banker, formally opened the bid process starting last Friday, and interested potential investors include Endeavour, we talked about Fenway Sports Group, who we know own Liverpool Football Club, and a consortium of private investors that includes the billionaire Henry Kravis. Now, this is it's all interesting because are they seriously, they obviously are seriously looking at a way of not dealing with PIF. And I mean, we know the funding that PIF has, the ability, the, the clout, financial clout. Can they get this group together and potentially rival the money of PIF. They can't, can they? I, I honestly don't think so, unless something has shifted monumentally behind the scenes in terms of this supposed merger agreement. I just, yeah, I just, I just don't see how they can. Really well, don't. The talk at well, the antitrust thing comes in as well. You know, that's still ongoing. I know the lawyer's been taken away and everyone's saying, oh, we're not going to do all this. You know, we're gonna, the lawyers don't have to get involved now because we don't want the skeletons coming out the closet. But, you know, the talk like Jay Monahan was talking about taking the comp competitor off of the board, you know, trying to deal with all. And Justice Department is examining whether the PGA Tour's policy of barring members from playing in live golf events con constitutes monopolistic behavior in contravention of federal antitrust law. Antitrust specialists have also pointed out to other areas of possible antitrust concern, including the official world golf rankings and the PGA tours increased stake in the DP world tour, but it ain't that straightforward. And this why everything put together creates an agreement, a framework that seems to be a lifetime away right now. I mean, we thought in June, we thought this is going to happen quite quick. They're all going to come together and World Golf is going to be as one, unified. But I think we're further away than we were in June. Well, it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? It's. I, I think, yeah, a lot's got to play out between now and the end of December, hasn't it? It's. Yeah, You can see all those legal beagles. They're all working away behind the scenes, trying to get their, their agreement. I just want to circle back on it, because you know I like circling back, don't you? Um, That's twice today. Yeah, exactly. Hen Henry Kravis, isn't he the one that's... Uh, he, he sang, uh, you're going to go my way. Didn't he? <laughs> oh no, that's yeah. Lenny Kravitz. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Hey, talking of interesting names, right? I was looking at the DP World Tour qualifying school, and the first stage has happened. Um, second stage will start in the first week of November across Spain, and obviously the final qualifying event is at its usual place in Infinitum Golf Course in Tarragona. But <laughs> talking about names, there's a guy that's qualified for the second stage. His name is Augustan Hole. Now, as this as this guy been named by his parents as you know, because he thinks they're going to be a future Green Jacket winner. Is that H O L E or W H O L E? H O L E. Oh. Augustan Hole. Keep an eye out for him. Who knows? He Get could in be the there. Augustan Hole. Yeah. And um, right, that that was it. Um, what do we, before we get onto the tournaments this week? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, only the fact that Chase Kepka earned $5.3 million this year. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that one in. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, there's hope, <laughs> there's hope for us all. I mean, he, no, he is a good, he's a good golfer. He's a good brother. I mean, just he's like a you. very good golfer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. You, hey, you're like Brooks. You earn a lot more higher up the, the, the ladder. Um, any chance that you can help me out? No, I don't like want you Chase on my Kepka team. And get me... Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, right. Um, 
listen, let's get into it then. We've got tournaments to talk about. We don't want to go too long. Where should we start? Should we start in Spain? Well, I'll tell you what, Yeah, we can what? do. And there's not a lot to talk about, but I'm literally going to give you five picks for the Andalusia Masters. It's not at Valderrama. It's at a new golf course this time round. So I don't really want to talk about the golf course that much. But can I just give you my five picks for Andalusia? Uh, no. Because oh, right. I want to tell you about the golf course. Oh, come um, on then. The, the real the Real Club de Golf Soto Grande. Um, obviously, Valderrama has gone to live. But Real Club de Golf was designed by Robert Trent Jones um, and has been restored. The course actually hosted the – we're talking about the Q School. Tour, the course hosted the European Tour qualifying school finals, um, 96, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. It's – an open course, exposed. So look at the weather. Look at the weather forecast. Will that wind blow across the Spanish plains? It's exposed and it's very undulating with lots of lakes. Actually, I looked at it when I've seen it before on TV, but I looked at it flyover. It looks very much like a Floridian course um, with the lakes and how it's uh, sort of contoured. And the greens are apparently very, very fast. So bear that in mind when we're thinking about who's taking part this week, we've got none other than Wyndham Clark in the field this week. I mean, the field looks quite interesting. It looks like I think the top six in the betting will more than likely be playing on the PGA Tour next season. I mean, you've got Wyndham Clark, Ryan Fox, Adrian Moronk, Jordan Smith, Rasmus Hoygaard, Roman Langask, Yus Lauten. I mean, they could easily... Oh, you know, Matty Cooch is there, obviously. I mean, yeah. he's, I think he's quite a big, big price at 50 to 1. But yeah, um, it's an interesting field, this one. We talked about the official field ratings. Now, the field rating of 179 for the Zozo, 123 for the Andalusia Masters. So first place, 30 points in the Zozo and 21 in the DP World Tour event. So, you know, it's, it's all right this week. There's a bit of strength in that field. But now you can give me your winning picks. Okay, excellent. Right. Well, Wyndham Clark, you, you just talked about him. I mean, he's played the last two events um, in Japan at the Zozo and finished inside the top 25 in both of those. So it's interesting to see him playing in Spain this week. Maybe, maybe it's a sponsors thing or whatever, but, you know, he's is he favourite or second favourite or something? But yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you my five plays. Uh, quite interesting, these, I think. I'm going to go with last week's first and second Pavon and Lombard played some tremendous golf last week. And yes, I know it might be different conditions, a different golf course in Spain. But when you're looking at form, you've got to stick with it. And and I'd, I'd be absolutely gutted if I moved away from Lombard, having seen how he played last week. So Pavon, 40 to 1. Lombard, 66 to 1. Adrian Moronk, 20 to 1. He's inside, you know, the, the favourites list. I think he, he could... You know, he needs to start showing some good form, get over that disappointment, not being in the Ryder Cup, as we say. And I think he can feature this week 20 to 1. A couple of big prices outside of those three plays for me. Marcus Armitage, you know, I, I do think, you know, Marcus Armitage's performance at the Dunhill Links, you know, in, you know, some poor weather conditions. I know you've talked about obviously wind factor and stuff like that, but I think he could be a very big price at 150 to one this week, Marcus Armitage. So he's my fourth and my final one is very speculative. 300 to one shots, obviously looking for a place, but every now and again, this Scottish guy in Spain can throw in a tournament and it's Mark Warren, 300 to one. They are my five plays this week. What have you got? What have I got? Well, I mean, it makes sense to go for is Wyndham Clark there for the golf or he's having a bit of a holiday in this fall season. Um he's obviously stayed over in Europe from the Ryder Cup. Um, but he's ten to one. Fast greens, major winner. I mean, it's probably a bit of value if he plays his game ten to one in this field. So I'll go for a bit of Wyndham Clark. I like Rasmus Hoygaard, you know, it's an open golf course like we've talked about and he drive when he drive when he's on it. He drives it a country mile, just like his brother. And he he does like fast. He's a very good putter on fast greens. So Rasmus Hoygaard at twenty five to one, you can have a bit of that. But going for, I'm only having one more, right? I'm having one more little dabble, and I'm gonna go for Spanish man Pablo Larrazabal. <laughs> I think he, I think he's a big price. 
But I think, you know what? He'll be all right. He, he loves fast screens. He can put very well, keeps the ball in play. He should be all right. And even if the wind picks up a little bit, Pablo will be okay. Three picks for me, and there they are. Excellent, excellent. Well, Pablo, as you know, I picked him last week, and he was in my short list, but I've... I veered away from him. That could be foolhardy for sure. But yeah, I'm glad he's on your squad anyway. Okay, that's Andalucia. Are we going to Japan? Yes, Bozo. We're going to the Zozo. Um, big, yeah, big fields. Ander Shuffle, Colin Morikawa, Sanjay, and Ricky Fowler, Hideki, obviously. Um, it's a strong event. I mean, they have to leave in the fall. They have to leave America for the PGA Tour to get a strong event, it seems. Um, and they have got one. Even Sahith. Thigal has gone on there. And last week's international series, also Asian tour winner, Minwoo Lee, is over there, the new TGL recruit. Um, don't know too much about the course, but as always, uh, you can find out on many of the social media sites about the intricacies of this course. What can you tell us, bro? Okay, well, I'm not going to tell you much about the course, really, to be honest with you. Again, other than it's a par 70, it's just a shade over... 7,000 yards long. It's Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club is where it is. And we've seen it in the last few years. I think there was a bit of a, a, a dip, obviously, because of COVID and everything that was going on. But it's basically a stunning parkland layout just east of Tokyo. And that's what we've got this week for the Zozo. I've got four picks and I'm going to go straight in. I'm going to give you all four of them. I'm going to play. It's interesting this week because you've got markets without Xander, who's generally always up there when he's in Japan. Um, there's also a market without Hideki, Xander and Colin Morikawa, which is interesting. And I could end up taking out two of my plays. But my four plays are Colin Morikawa, 10 to, 11 to 1 outright, Hideki Matsuyama, who's won here before, 16 to 1. Could we see the good Hideki come back? Yes, we could. Keegan Bradley, obviously still heartbroken by not making the Ryder Cup. He loves it in this part of the world, 22 to 1. And last week's international series winner, Minwoo Lee, he's hot at the moment. He's obviously also joined the TGL, as you say, 16 to 1 outright. But there are a couple of options you can look at, I say, without the likes of Xander and the big players and still get some value. But they're my four plays this week. Okay, super. I've got three again. Um, I fancy Hideki a lot. Um, we know he plays well here and he's a home favourite. So Hideki at 16 to 1 seems a little bit of value. I like Adam Scott, um, 25 to 1. Awful Solid. last week in Japan. Awful. Yeah, but don't worry about Missed that. The Adam Scott, he just needs to put a new brown jersey on. He'll be fine. And my third and final pick is a Kim, but it's Sung Yon Kim at 66 to 1, a bit of fancy for him. But I mean, they're, they're very fragile fancies because I really have put that much research into it. So, anyone listening, I wouldn't bother. Um, oh. Right. I wouldn't. He hasn't had a winner since 2021, guys. Shut up, you. How dare you? How very dare you? Um, right. We've got a tournament, another tournament. I mean, next week, DP World Tour is flying the flag, uh, Qatar. But we have got another tournament to talk about. It is the finale of the second season of Live. It's the team event, Live Miami. Do you know, I'm really looking forward to this. I like the, I, I wish they should change it. I think the final round shouldn't be stroke play. Uh, but until they can figure that out, then we've got to put up with it. But we know for a fact, right? We know what's going to happen. We know that four teams get to choose their opposition, right? So that the top four are out of it. They don't get involved until the next round. So we have the Stingers, the Fireballs, the Ripper GC and Smash, bro. They get to choose their opposition and the four they can choose from are the Ironheads, the Cleeks, Majestics, and the High Flyers. Right, so we're going to talk this through a little bit here. I'm going to give you my... Not for too long, though. No, not for too long. But Stingers, I think, will take the Ironheads. I, I think agree. Fireballs will take the Cleeks. I, I think agree. Ripper will take the Majestics, and Smash will take the High Flyers. I only agree with one of those four. 
Oh, really? Who do you yeah. think the fireballs will take? I agree with you, Sting- Stinger and Ironheads. I think the fireballs are going to take the high flyers. I think they're going to. I think Sergio's going to take on uh, Mickelson. I think they're going to do them massively. Um, I think Ripper GC are going to take their chances with the cliques, even though Blandy's in form. And I think Smash are going to be left with the Majestics. I, I think. Do you know what? It's interesting. I think the Majestics could be a little bit of a dark horse because we know, you know, Stenson, Westwood, Poulter, they love that knockout format, don't they? They just love it. And they could come together for one good week and start showing a little bit of form. They've had a number of, you know, sort of, not a number of, you know, but a couple of fifth places, a couple of sixth places. I know there's only 12 teams. So they can pull it all together and maybe they might be up for this. But yeah, I think there might be a little bit of, a little bit of play in that, looking for some, you know, I definitely think the fireballs are going to take the high flyers. I definitely think that. I'm not sure Garcia would want to take on the Majestics. I just don't. Okay. Interesting. Well, whoever, you know, whatever team gets chosen by Ripper, to be their opponents as it stands the way that they're not informed you you wouldn't mind taking them on so that could open it all up really but i do fancy the stingers to go through stingers will beat the iron heads and i think if the cliques are playing the fireballs i actually think the cliques might have a bit of a shout uh um Durrell. but let's have a look and, and so i reckon aces v stingers crushers v cliques talk v high flyers and ripper versus range coats because as we know the guys that go through, they've got a chance to um, – they'll be picked by the four that are waiting for them, the four that finish top of the standing. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. And the last round, like I said, is all stroke play. All four scores will count in the final day. So I'm looking forward to watching um, from th- from Friday onwards. And let's see who will become team champion. Exactly. Let's yeah, it should be good. I, I I do expect the four aces and talk A to be up there, like I said to Flush earlier on. So yeah, that's it. That takes us into another week of golf. Woo-hoo! Absolutely. And like I said, next week we only have the DP World Tour supporting the major tours. And um, we're at the commercial bank Qatar Masters Doha golf course. That's next week. There's a week break for PGA Tour. Um, and that's it. And obviously, no live until next year. But I've just had a message come through from none other than Bernd Weisberger, who has said he'll be open to come up next week, hopefully, and discuss what went on at Live Miami. But for this week, from Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast, from me, it's goodbye. And from me, it's goodbye too. Have a great week. Now, this, this really is beyond the joke now. He's, he's, he's gone gaga because this is. Uh... This is quite... I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness.